Well, good morning. I want to welcome you to Element Church today. My name is Adam Young, the lead pastor here. You know, it is such a beautiful weekend. I don't know if any of you took the opportunity to get outside and just joy 60 degrees in January yesterday. I hope you did. Um, it looks like today is going to be another incredible, nice, and beautiful day today. But you know, this is also not just a special weekend or, or just because of the weather, but this is a special moment. As Roselle was talking about earlier, this is a moment where we have to come and to just spend some time and sit in the presence of God. And so I'm so glad that you're here. You know, we are currently in the middle of a three-week series titled Help Wanted. And if you want to follow along with us today and all the scriptures that we're going to look at, um, the connection card, the prayer request form, all those things that Trevor just discussed are all available in the Bible app, which you can use by or access by just scanning this QR code uh, if you don't want to just open up the app yourself. And even if you don't have the Bible app on your phone, scanning this QR code will just open today's event in your web browser, on your tablet or your phone, and you can follow along. You know, in this series uh, that we're in right now titled Help Wanted is probably pretty familiar because everywhere you go these days, it seems like there are help wanted signs in business windows and on the front door and on their marquee signs outside. Um, I'm sure all of us have experienced as customers and consumers uh, the challenges that are facing the American workforce right now. You've probably experienced longer wait times and uh, more difficulty getting appointments. Um, just normal routine activities that three years ago you wouldn't have thought twice now take much longer and more intentionality and planning and sometimes your whole mindset and your plans have to adjust and change. That happened to us and our family on multiple fronts just in the last week. The other day, Elena was going to, Elena's my wife, if you're new, by the way. Uh, my wife was going to Walmart. She was buying a few grocery items, but she also had some things that she needed to return. And as she's walking in the front door because she's carrying items into the store, the greeter obviously knew right away she was coming to bring a return. And he stopped her and was like, are you, are, is that, are you coming to return some items? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry. But no one in our customer service or return departments today uh, showed up for work. And she was like, uh, okay. And he's like, so we might have someone in a few hours if you want to try in a few hours. And, you know, it's not the end of the world. She's like, okay. So she put her stuff back in her car, did some shopping, and actually ended up having to wait a few days before she could return some things. Uh, just a, a week ago, I walked into Chase the bank, um, the local branch, one of them here in Aurora. And um, I don't use Chase personally for like my personal checking and uh, savings accounts, but um, that is where our church accounts are, are with Chase Bank. And so uh, I walked into Chase and uh, I needed to meet with one of their business associates. And so I walked in and I tell the teller, hey, I just need to sit down with one of your business associates. And they're like, oh, okay, do you have an appointment? And I was like, uh, no. Um, kind of interesting, I hadn't really realized this until this week as I was kind of preparing my message today and thinking of some of these examples. And um, it was actually 10 years ago this month that we opened the Element Church checking and savings accounts as we were preparing to, to start the church. And in 10 years, at every branch I've ever walked into, I've never needed an appointment. Like you just walk in, you say, I need to meet with one of your business associates. And at most, I mean, I might have to wait five or 10 minutes, you know, 
it happens. But they're like, oh, you need an appointment. And I'm like, okay, uh, just when, when can I meet? And they're like flipping through and they're like, uh, in a week? And I'm like, uh, okay. Which, listen, I'm not playing the role of the victim. I don't care. It's zero cost to my life. But it's just one more example of how things have shifted with the American workforce and how we have all had to adjust because of how much help is needed in so many industries. But it's not just retail and restaurants that are looking for help. Um, But even God is recruiting. This is how we began and talked about uh, our series, Help Wanted, last week. That God is recruiting you to step up and to play your role and to get involved in what he's doing. There's help wanted within God's kingdom, and God is recruiting you to be a part of it. One of the passages we looked at last week was out of 1 Peter. And 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11, it says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace, whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Here's what we talked about last week and what this passage emphasizes, is that everyone in here has been given a gift. Everyone in here today has been given a gift by God according to his varied grace. Again, as we talked about last week, we don't get to choose what those gifts are. God in his infinite wisdom chooses and gives each of us gifts for the purpose of serving others and glorifying God. God has given all of us, and no one sitting in here is excluded, all of us gifts to serve others and to bring him glory. You know, when we talk about the church, um, the Bible gives us several analogies to help us understand what the church really is. That the church is not a building, it's not budgets, it's not programs, the church is the people. The church is not a what, it's a who. And to help us understand this, the Bible gives us several analogies that we looked at last week. One of those is this analogy of a building or a holy temple. That you and I, as members of the church, make up this holy temple where God's presence dwells. That God doesn't dwell in a house or a building made by human hands. He dwells inside of us. We, as the church, are the place where the world comes to find God's very presence. And in this analogy, the Bible talks about how you and I play sort of like our different roles as being stones or bricks in this building. That Jesus is the cornerstone. He's he's the stone upon which all other stones are measured and placed. That the foundation is the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is and what he has done for you and I. About his death on the cross for our sins and his resurrection to prove victory uh, victorious over sin and death in the grave and then we are these stones placed to make up this building this this holy temple where God's presence dwells where people can come and find God's mercy and his grace 
And the other analogy that we talked about last week is not only are we this holy temple, but you and I together make up the body of Christ. The body of Jesus is this other analogy that the New Testament loves to use to describe and to teach us what it's like to be the church. That Jesus is the head, and then you and I are the members, we, all the different members of the body. That we all have different roles and functions. That we all look different. But that together, we make the body what it is. That together, we get to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in this world. When Jesus was still with his disciples before he left, before, after his resurrection, and before he returned to heaven, Jesus told his disciples that they are going to do greater things than even Jesus himself did. Because Jesus was limited to one particular place at one particular time and had a three-year public ministry. But with billions of Christians around the world throughout time, in all corners of the world, we can do far more than Jesus could alone do physically. And because you and I are the body of Christ, we get to be his hands and feet. We get to carry on his ministry and his mission now that he is on the throne of heaven. We get to do that. We get to finish what he started. But if one of the stones in this holy temple, or if many of the stones in this holy temple, just decide they're not interested, that they don't want to play their part, that they would rather disengage, it puts the entire structure at jeopardy. Or if you think about the body of Christ, if if certain members of your body, your physical body, just decide they're done, they're going to quit, they don't want to participate anymore, it leaves you somewhat disabled. It prevents what you can fully do. And so you and I together have been given gifts. We have roles to play as, as bricks in this building, this holy temple of God, as members of his body to carry on his ministry and his mission. All of us have been given a gift and a role to play. Now, one of the scripture passages we looked at last week was out of Ephesians chapter 4. And I, we're going to look at it again today. But what we're going to do today is we're going to look at it from a different angle, with a different perspective. We're going to focus on something a little different. And so Ephesians four eleven through 16 says this, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of uh, the stature and of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This passage is key to us understanding the purpose of the church. To understanding our purpose as a people united together. Now this, this isn't the whole picture. 
So everything that the church is supposed to do and be about isn't fully captured in just this one passage. But this is a huge part of the purpose of the church. And what we don't talk about today, we're actually going to pick up on next week as we continue our talk about the purpose of the church. But here we get a picture of what the church is supposed to be about. And the church is supposed to be about a few things. Primarily building up and growing the body, building up and growing one another in these things, in unity, in knowledge, in maturity, and in love. This is one of the primary purposes for the church. And every time we say that word, the church, we're not talking about a building. Obviously, we don't even own one. We're not talking about programs. We're talking about you. As a member of the church, as a a piece of this, this holy temple, as a member of the body of Christ, our purpose is to build up and grow one another in unity, in knowledge, in maturity, and in love. So if this is what we as a church, we as the people should be doing, if this is a part of our purpose, how do we do it? How does this happen? Well, fortunately, Ephesians 4 tells us we do it by equipping, by speaking, and by working. So we build up and grow one another in unity, knowledge, maturity, and love through equipping, speaking, working. This is what we do to build up and grow one another. Now there's one other thing that uh, I want to look at. It comes out of the same passage, Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16. But what I want to do is I actually want to zoom in on just a few of the verses. So instead of putting all of 11 through 16 up, I just want to put up 11 and 12, verses 11 and 12, and look at that for a second together. We've already read it, but we'll read this part again. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So we talked about that one of our purposes is to grow and build one another up in unity, knowledge, maturity, and love. We'll do that by equipping, speaking, and working. So the next question is, who's going to do it? All of us. The word here, saints, can sometimes throw us off because that seems very formal and official. And depending on the tradition that you grew up in, you may attach certain ideas or understandings to what that means. But even though it's translated the saints in Greek, which is what it was originally written in, it just means the holy ones, which are you and I. 
Those who have been made holy by the blood of Jesus. Those whose sins have been taken away by his death on the cross. The saints are you and I. They're not famous Christians from the past who did some special things. We're all saints. We're all holy ones. Those who are members of the body of Christ, those who are a part of his holy temple, those who have identified with the death and resurrection of Jesus and given their lives to him, we are the saints. So our purpose is to grow and build up one another in unity, knowledge, maturity, and love. We do it through equipping, speaking, working. And who is responsible for doing it? All of us. You may not know this, but you have been called to ministry. If you believe in Jesus, if you have given your life to him, then you are called to ministry. Ministry is not reserved for specially trained and educated professionals. Ministry is not for people who carry certain titles. If you are a believer in Jesus, you have been called to ministry. So you may not know it or not, but you have been commissioned for ministry. Doesn't matter if you haven't had formal training or education. The Spirit of God has empowered you and given you certain gifts so that you can help with the tasks of equipping, of speaking, and of working. So if you have been called to ministry, and these tasks of equipping and speaking and working are all of our responsibility, what does that look like? Because the reality is, some of you may feel ill-equipped or ill-prepared to do those works of ministry to grow up and build up the church and to build up one another. Well, for most people and in most circumstances, equipping looks a lot like mentorship. Equipping others to do what you do. And you say, yeah, but I'm just getting started. I'm, I'm just a, a, a few weeks, a few months. I'm, I'm a year into this whole being a Christian and going to church kind of thing. Great. Then mentor someone who just got started yesterday. When I first started teaching in colleges and seminaries at the undergraduate and graduate level, I felt like a total imposter. You've heard the term imposter syndrome, where you, you get into something where supposedly you're supposed to be qualified, but you feel completely ill-equipped. When I first taught my first seminary course class, I hadn't even finished graduating seminary myself. I hadn't received my master's degree before I taught my first class. And um, I, all I could think about was what happens when they ask me questions that I don't know? Like, I, they're going to discover I don't belong here. And I was really anxious and 
um, the, the dean of, of uh, this campus that I was serving under uh, was sort of mentoring me and helping me learn how to teach and um, how to lead students and how to structure a classroom and things like that. And he said, listen, listen, you don't have to be as smart as all the other professors here. You don't have to know all the answers. All you have to do is be one step ahead of the, kid, of the students you're teaching. They weren't kids, they were adults. You just have to be one step ahead. And he told me, that's why I'm, I'm asking you to teach. Because you're one step ahead of them. All you have to do is help them take that next step to where you are. Now, I still felt like a total imposter, but it helped of recognizing I don't have to have all the answers. I just have to be a few steps or one step ahead of them, and my job is to help them take that next step, the one step I've already taken and can guide them. You are called to the task and the ministry of equipping others. You may have a weak prayer life, but you may have been reading the scriptures for 20 years now. So maybe you won't be equipping a lot of people in prayer, but you can equip people in how to develop good daily habits of reading. The other thing that you are called to do in ministry is speaking. Now for some of you, that's the scariest thing possible. But when we say speaking, it doesn't mean that you're on a stage and you have a microphone, though that can include it. It means that you're willing to speak truth and love to those who need to hear it. As far as I know, and I could be wrong, but based on who I think is here today, I can see about half of your faces. I don't think anyone in here is a licensed therapist. But that wouldn't prevent you from going to coffee with your best friend and letting them tell you about their heartache or their trouble. As far as I know, no one in here is a PhD in child psychology, but that doesn't prevent you from parenting your kids, speaking truth about providing discipline. So even though we may not have certain technical qualifications that others have in the professional arena, we would, we would sit down with our best friend over coffee or we would have a conversation with our kids to coach them and guide them and correct them and teach them because we love them. Not because we're trained and professionals, but because we love them. And so all of us are called to the ministry of speaking truth and love to people we care about. That could be just a word of encouragement. Could be a, an, insightful, uh, an insightful statement that you just has impacted you that you want to share. It could be scripture that the Lord is using in your heart that you want to share with others. It could be a, a gentle correction when you see something in someone's life that may be a blind spot for them. But all of us are called to the ministry of speaking. Speaking truth in love to others. And then finally, we're all called to the ministry of working. Of using the gifts God has given us to serve others and to glorify him using the gifts God has given to us to grow and build up the church. And here's one last thing that I want to look at. We had already looked at part of 
Ephesians 11 through 12, and there's one more that I want to look at, and that's this. That he, the Lord, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry and for building up the body of Christ. All of us, every one of us in here, if you call yourself a Christian, are called to ministry. But in addition to being called into ministry, sometimes God gives certain people to positions of leadership within the local church to help assist and equip the saints to do ministry. Here he gives a couple titles. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Without going into too much detail, apostles actually literally just means sent ones. And as we see in the New Testament, these are the, the, the individuals who God sends out to do his work in the world and start new churches. So sometimes God raises up certain individuals. We're all called to ministry, but he raises up certain individuals as a gift to the church to go out amongst the world to start new works, new ministries, and new churches. The prophets. Prophets throughout the history of God's people, as we see in the Bible, are those who stand up and say, thus says the Lord. They declare God's truth to God's people. Sometimes it's an encouraging message. Sometimes it's a painful message. But God gives certain people to the church in positions of leadership to be able to declare, this is what the Lord wants to say to you today. The evangelists. All of us are called to share the gospel. But God sometimes raises up individuals and gives them unique and special gifts to go out and to proclaim his truth, primarily for the purpose of others coming to faith. These are people who often we see have just some a, a supernatural empowering of the Spirit that no matter what they say and when they say it, people are constantly coming to faith through their ministries. And then we have the shepherds, which depending on the version of the Bible that you're looking at this morning, may say pastors. Because the Greek word that we translate shepherds is the same word that sometimes we translate pastors. Because to be a pastor is really to just be a shepherd. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd guides, cares for, and protects his flock. And the Bible calls all of us sheep. We're sheep. Jesus is our great shepherd. He guides us, he leads us, and he protects us. And then sometimes, God gives the gift of an under-shepherd. Jesus is the chief shepherd. He gives the gift of an under-shepherd or a pastor to help guide and protect and to lead a local church body. And then finally, teachers. Those who God gives to the church to help people understand truth about God, who he is, to understand the truth about who we as human beings are, to understand truth about this world and how God made it and how sin has fractured it, and truth about how to understand the Bible. 
all of us are called to ministry. You are called to ministry. And then occasionally, God will raise up someone for a special work to play a special leadership role in the church. So I have a question for you to reflect on. The question isn't, are you called to ministry? Because we've already established that answer is yes. So if anyone ever asks you if you're called to ministry, the answer is yes. You have been called to the task of equipping, speaking, working. It's not optional. It's what God has called all of us to. My question for you, has the Lord raised you up and now ready to give you as a gift to the church in a special leadership role? Oftentimes, these leadership roles come with a combination of calling and special giftings, sometimes training and education, though it doesn't always have to be. But here's what I don't want you to ask yourself. Are you equipped? When I was getting started in ministry a lot of years ago, and was being mentored by a local pastor, He said this phrase that I have never forgotten. That God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. It doesn't matter whether or not you feel like you have the tools and the education and the training and the experience. It matters whether or not you're called. If you're called, then God will help take care of the training and the education and the experience. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Are you called to a special role of leadership in God's kingdom? Could be at this church. Could be at another church. God could be calling you as an apostle to go start a new church. I'm not asking if you're equipped or if you're ready. I'm asking, are you called? And the only way you'll know the answer is for you to ask God and let him give you an answer. So what we're going to do is we're going to close in prayer. I'm going to pray for you. And I want you to ask God, are you called? But before we do that, as we did last week, as we highlighted several people in our church who have served as great examples of those who have used their gifts to serve others and to glorify God. Um, I also want to highlight someone in our church who God has recently done this for, called them to a new position of leadership within our church. Now, she's currently serving in the preschool, so here in a little bit, we're going to bring her out and introduce her. Most of you already know her well already. But recently, Keely Smith, who's been a part of our church for four to five years now, came to us and said, I believe God has called me to a special position of leadership and a way to serve this church and our community. And so as we began talking with her and praying through that with her, um, we agreed and confirmed that the Lord has called her and has put her in a special position and has now given her 
as a gift to us to serve as our children's minister. Now, if you've been a part of our church for a while, you know that it has been almost a two and a half year journey of waiting for God to give us the gift of someone to lead us and lead our children's ministry. Keely didn't have all the experience and education. She hasn't been to seminary, but she's called. Now, she's also equipped because she does have some experience and is already doing a great job just getting started. But she heard God's call and she said yes. Would you be willing to do the same thing? I can't say whether or not you're called to one of these special positions or tasks. But if God says you are, are you willing to say yes? So what I want to do is I want to pray for you now. I want to give you an opportunity to ask the Lord if in one of these special areas you are being called. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we get to come here this morning to be in your presence, to have this moment with you. Lord, we acknowledge that all of us have been given gifts to serve others and to glorify you. That every one of us are called to ministry, to the ministry of equipping others, helping them take just one next step in their faith journey. We're called to speak to others, to speak truth in love. Not because we're trained professionals, but because we care about others. And that all of us are called to the ministry of work, to use our gifts. Lord, I believe that some in here are called to another work. That some are being called to a position of leadership to a special opportunity. Lord, we're so thankful that Keeley answered yes to that call. Lord, I pray that you would give courage to those who are being called right now, the courage to say yes. Without knowing all the answers, they just say yes. Whatever the call is, the answer is yes. Lord, as each person asks you now, would you reveal, have you called them to a special work, to a special ministry, to a special position within your kingdom? And Lord, we thank you for the gift of these apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers that help us grow up and to the men and women, to the, to the members of the body of Christ that you've called us to be. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the ways in which you work in our hearts, in our lives, and in our church. Amen.